Before we officially start this podcast, I want to remind everyone that the IB Sports Podcast feed is available on iTunes, Spotify, and Anchor. Please be sure to subscribe to be notified of all new podcasts, including this one, the Team Turnbuckle Podcast, the new weekly daily fantasy football podcast with myself and Joe Matz, the Backdoor Cover, RC Report, and much, much more. While you were there, we'd appreciate if you would rate and review uh, five stars, kind comments, please. And finally, you can follow Ivy Sports on all social media platforms, including Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We do have a premium membership or a Patreon, uh, as I said, Patron last night. Um, that membership <laughs> allows you to uh, be commissioner for a day, post without approval from an admin, receive free gambling picks and a whole lot more. And with that, we are back with another edition of the Team Turnbuckle podcast. The trio is back together this week after a a couple of episodes where we were not at full strength, but we are back, uh, you know, we're we're back to being the original shield, not, uh, what was it, was it Rollins and Reigns and Angle for that match? That was like the weirdest storyline ever but this is Reigns, ambrose and, and rollins go ahead sam that was uh kurt angle's period where he looked like earl sinclair from dinosaurs. <laughs> 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 but i am your host keith fleming uh i'm very happy to have with me my good friends and fellow wrestling uh extraordinaires sam howe and ron l tinsley what's going on guys Gentlemen, I'm doing well. How are you doing today, brothers? Another beautiful day in LA. The heat's finally broken, and so beautiful fall day in the 70s. Probably going to go for a nice walk and watch the boys' season finale when we're done with this. 73 degrees in Atlanta today. Um, Uh, I do want to also congratulate Sam Howell for those who did not listen. We went on... uh, a podcast slash uh, YouTube channel where we did a preview of the NXT pay-per-view takeover from this weekend. They do a point system uh, where you have to give confidence points to each match. And Sam Howell was the big, big winner, uh, which I find ironic because the guys uh, told us that they have yet to uh, win when they've had this with guests on there, it is called Mark's Name Joe. Uh, one of the Joes actually came on the podcast before and discussed stuff with us, but that was a lot of fun. Hopefully we're going to do that again in the near future, but why don't we start right off the top with that NXT takeover? Um, I thought overall it was a good pay-per-view. I continue to be such a big proponent of what we've seen a lot during the pandemic of these short pay-per-views, uh, you know, no more than five, six matches, two and a half to three hours, you're in and out. I think it's perfect. I I wish WWE would do more of this and basically have maybe like Mania, uh, the Rumble, SummerSlam, and Survivor Series be the only exceptions to it because it's just, I think it's perfect. It's it's also in the same extent that I, I believe that's why Raw seems to be such a worse show than SmackDown and NXT on a week-to-week basis because it's so much easier to fill two hours and and have good shows, and it is three. But anyway, let's start off with this question because there's a few I had from it. And, Ron, I'll start with you. 
were you surprised by any outcome from this card? Um, yes and no. Yes, in that I thought, and you know, I'll touch on this further, that there was going to be um, maybe more title shaking hands uh, since absolutely none of them did. Um, uh, but other than that, uh, no real big surprises in the ring, out of the ring. Um, we'll get to that later. Sam? Uh, I was a little surprised that neither uh, Johnny Gargano or his wife won a title. Um, I thought that I was sort of expecting that one of them would win, but I, I was more confident in Candice than Johnny. And I was not shocked ultimately that they uh, that they went the way that they did. I thought that the uh, the the only I mean I was shocked that Velveteen Dream lost. You know, <laughs> no, no, that was really it. it. Was just the Candace EO, but even that, and we'll get more into that with later on. So, um. I guess, yeah, you're, that, that's probably right. I wasn't surprised necessarily by the Candace story. I was just disappointed. Um, I really thought with the draft coming up, uh, EO having such a run, and Candace just seeming to be the perfect, in my opinion, woman to end that reign, no matter who's going to be the next champion after her. I thought that's where they were going. And that's not, as RC always says, that's not because that's how I would have booked it. I just really think that, you know, what else is there left for EO to do? And if they're heading back to Rhea uh, Ripley, which they're kind of planting some seeds of, uh, I don't know if Shotzi's the right person, you know, to, to take the title off of her. I just think it would have made sense for Candace to be the person. But uh, the, the next question, and I, I'll go first with this for the um, match of the night. And I thought it was the Velveteen Dream Match. Um, I got to say that I love when you have smaller guys uh, go against, you know, bigger dudes. And Velveteen Dream looked gigantic in this match. Like, and I know he's a, he's a bigger guy, but in that particular matchup, he looked like, you know, Hulk Hogan in the 80s or something. And I love the way that they teased it because – if you listen to us on the Mark's Name Joe preview, everybody pretty much thought Velveteen Dream was going to lose. I mean, with everything going on, the issues he's had, it would have been extremely tone deaf, extremely tone deaf to have him go over. But they really played it well because there was numerous times in the match that I just, it, it looked like, he was going to win to the point that I was actually surprised at the end when he didn't. And I just thought it was a really great match. I love some of the counters and stuff at the end. Um, and that was my match of the night. Uh, Sam, what was yours? Um, I'm going to discuss this further for my match of the week, but so I'll just be short and sweet here and say it was the Swerve Scott, um, the cruiserweight match, the uh, Santos Escobar uh, Swerve Scott match. Rano? Mine was the NXT title match. Um, I was very impressed that I mean, I shouldn't be. And considering um, all the buildup that they put towards Kyle O'Reilly 
And, you know, especially with Shawn Michaels doing that last little bit of uh, propping him up, talking about how he thought he was the, you know, secret thing, next big thing, whatever. Um, I didn't know that Kyle O'Reilly can go so well. Like, I've only seen him just in NXT, so I've only seen him as a tag wrestler. And Finn made him look like a million bucks. Um, they both had busted mouths. It looks like uh, Finn actually has a fractured jaw in two places a real one not not uh <laughs> yeah shoot a, a shoot drew, fractured jaw yeah, not a drew mcintyre a real one <laughs> um so that was definitely my match of the night i can totally get with why you had talked about that velveteen dream one though um him and kushida put on one hell of a match and i loved how they use kushida's newfound mean streak to carry it over the outfits were fantastic too. The Back of the Future homage. I didn't understand it at first, but then when I got it, I was like, you know, it's like that light bulb moment. And I was like, man, I love it. Even though he looked like Don King. That's what my wife kept saying, <laughs> uh, looking at Velveteen Dream. She's like, is he supposed to be Don King? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I thought it was the Sunny Boy, the, the old day. Uh, <laughs> like that was, um, I, I also wanted to piggyback off something Ronnell said was that, I liked the with the because I don't know if I'll get a chance to talk about this, but I really liked the structure of the match. Um, I felt like they did a really interesting thing of making it feel like a hybrid MMA fight. You know, as they've done this a couple times in wrestling, there was a really great Samoa Joe Kurt Angle match in like 08, where they made it seem like it was in a cage match and they made it feel like an MMA fight. But that was sort of it, this felt. It, it felt less like a traditional wrestling match. You know, I really liked the kick to the liver. Um, I just thought that it was a really well done match, well put together. And kudos to both guys. So I, I apologize. I didn't get to look at your notes all the way through for your picks for the superlatives. And I do have one other question, but this one's just off the top of my head. Was it disappointing that it was Amber Moon who was the surprise that they had, you know, basically mentioned in tease for weeks? as the, you know, the surprise person that would show up at the takeover pay-per-view? No. No. Because no. <laughs> okay. I, I a little bit was. Maybe that's just me. Uh, I was hoping it was going to be a little bigger name, either somebody new or if it was going to be somebody coming back down, uh, it was just going to be, you know, somebody that, I, I you know, I guess I'm giving my feelings that I'm not the biggest Ember Moon fan in the world but uh I, I was just hoping maybe it was gonna be somebody else so maybe that is my rc moment of just because i wouldn't have booked it that way uh and we'll actually call this last question the rc carlton how would you have booked it differently is there any match that you would have changed the booking if, if you were booking this pay-per-view ron we'll start with you uh yeah um i think two of those titles for sure um i think that swerve scott has been built up and he's been putting in the work and i think that he should have gotten that cruiserweight title and honestly based off of you know everything top to bottom i really think that eo should have lost as much as i love her um for me <clears throat> i wouldn't have changed the match outcome i thought that the ridge holland thing I mean, unless uh, they go back and do, the, you know, they want to do the Bullet Club thing, the Earthsets Bullet Club called Balor Club. 
and have Balor end up with either, un, you know, with Undisputed Era and Ridge Holland. Um, I, I'm, and I'm again going to shout out Emily Pratt, who did this great uh, explainer of New Japan back in like 2014 or uh, 2015, where I, that's where I learned about New Japan. But Finn Balor used to come out on Carl Anderson's shoulders. And so, like, if they want him to come out on uh, Ridge Allen's shoulders, I'm down with that. If, they're gonna, if you're going to steal the Bullet Club, if you're going to steal from New Japan, go whole hog. So, but, uh, yeah, other than that, I might have gone more for, like, a Ballard Club start. But I don't know if they're doing that. So I'm not going to go into it in too much detail, but I talked about it when we did the preview. I really thought they should have had both Candice and Johnny go over. I think it would have been cool. We haven't seen that yet in NXT where you have this, you know, legit married couple, you know, with two titles. I just think it would have been an entertaining storyline for a few months when we've talked about NXT. I don't think the quality of the matches has gone down in, in any shape or form, but they've just, they've lost a lot of star power between people being called up injuries and I just thought it would be something entertaining that could get them through, you know, maybe some some slower months while they're waiting for like Karrion Cross to come back or some new stars to be built up. Uh, but that was just me. So, I, no, go ahead. I would have been cool with EO losing also. Um, I think that, you know, I, I'm with you. I think that it gives a little shine to Candice on looking like, hey, like, you know, instead of just being Johnny Gargano's wife, She's Candice LeRae, women's champion, uh, you know, unseated the Sky Princess or whatever they call EO. Um, and I think I'm with you, Keith. It's not that the match quality, and I think this is something that RC would agree with, um, a benevolent overlord that he is. Um, I think that had that NXT, like great matches in and of themselves without the great story. And that's what NXT is so good at. There's these long form storytelling. And I'm, I'm hoping that they get some of that back. So for those that um, this is your first time listening to Team Turnbuckle podcast, welcome. Uh, we every week do superlatives. So we have the four shows, obviously. You have NXT, you have Raw, SmackDown, AEW, and we give superlatives. The categories each week, and we try to do them all each week. Sometimes we, we honestly, I forget some of them in the notes, but we do the promo of the week wrestler on the rise which means the wrestler stock who's going up wrestler on the slide same thing in reverse it's the wrestler stocks going down we do face of the week heel of the week match of the week and the storyline you need to pay attention to i'm going to start with promo of the week mostly because i just can't wait to talk about roman reigns i just i am floored his promo with combination, Paul Heyman, Paul Heyman deserves credit in it as well. And Jay Uso deserves credit for his part in that promo. But they are just like hitting the biggest home run they've hit. And I, I can't even remember how long. Like it's almost shocking that there's something going on in WWE right now that is just this good. And I don't know if most of the credit should go to Roman Reigns. I don't know if most of show, our credit should go to creative. I don't know if a lot of the credit just goes that us as fans are starved for something new and interesting, and that's playing a role. But for Heyman to come out and kind of do his, you know, his stick, 
again, notice that, and I've mentioned this before, he's standing behind Roman Reigns because he really has came off as scared of him to where with Lesnar, he was side by side. I love that little, you know, just little tidbit of the storyline. And for him to start, you know, talking about the lineage and how he was, you know, Reigns was bred for this position. And for Reigns to just stick his hand out, doesn't say anything, Heyman notices it, take the mic and go, you can't call me the chief yet because Jey Uso didn't call me the chief. He was supposed to, and he didn't get out here now. And then for Uso to come out, who did again, a great face promo and for them to go back and forth and for Reigns to, you know, basically, you know, Uso or, you know, is like, how can you be doing this to me and my family? And for Reigns to be like, this is, you know, one of the hardest nights of my life. I don't want to do this. I have to. And then for them to set up the match at Hell in a Cell, you know, for Reigns to say that, what was the exact words? This will be the biggest, uh, God, now I'm forgetting. It wasn't the biggest match of his life, but I think the biggest decision of his life or the highest stakes, that's what it was. It's, it's going to be the highest stakes of your career, which we don't really know yet what that meant. But I thought it meant Hell in a Cell, by the way, not to interrupt, but I think Okay, well, that might be. Uh, but it's just crazy to think that Roman Reigns is Hill. He's fighting Jay Uso in a singles match for the universal title for the second straight pay-per-view. And I think it's a whole wrestling fans are just eating it up because if this would have been a year ago and you would get Roman Reigns face versus Jay Uso for the universal title without the, the tweaks and the heel turn and all that, people will be losing their minds the other way. And again, it was just an outstanding promo. Reigns is doing phenomenal work. Heyman was fantastic. Jay Uso was fantastic. So I'm not even going to just say Roman Reigns was a promo of the week. All three of those deserve credit for it. That was my promo of the week. Ron L., what was I, yours? I, no, before I do, because I, I wanted to touch on this too. Um, when I saw it, I was going to say that this was going to be mine again as well. There's not any way that there is, you know, I mean, I found something else and I just didn't want us to be where we're always constantly in agreement, but that was one that was definitely for the, for the record. Like, I think what draws us so much to this is the, the whole tribal aspect and the fact that we don't know where they're going to take that. Like, does this mean uh, during this next couple of weeks, it's going to build up to where maybe if Jay loses, he is excommunicate from the families or whatever the case may be. So kudos to all of those guys for a really phenomenal promo. <laughs> and with that being said, you know, I got so caught up in that. Uh, I went with Cody Rhodes actually, you know, cause I was very much surprised to see that he actually won. Um, I, I thought this was set up for him to just take a good old fashioned butt whooping. And then he turned around and said, basically everything that we've been talking about, it's another one of those instances is like, are they listening to us? Cause Cody talked about, mm -hmm. you know, people say I should take the dark path and, you know, I should, you know, basically turn heel, but no, I'm, done all of this for all of you guys and i'll continue to be for you guys and next week at the uh celebration 
we are going to put the TNT championship on the line. Like, oh, Cody throws out a lot of really passionate speeches when he uh, hits these promos. And, and I thought that. Was cons- that a red herring that he's turning heel? Like, did, did you not get the feeling that by him doing that promo, the fact that Cassidy is next opponent, that like they're basically setting it up for that? Or was that just me? I'm thinking that there's a strong possibility. Yeah, I mean, I, I sort of thought that it's still, yeah, I think that there's a strong possibility. And uh, I'm sort of with Ronnell and on that one. But, Sam, what was your promo of the week? So it's interesting. Uh, a lot of these this week, I had a, my decision was based on uh, some of these where I could have gone with the ones that you guys did, but I wanted to, you know, like Ronell wanted to keep it changed up. And I'll get into Roman's promo. Uh, before I get you into didn't want promo, to do the Simpsons did it of uh, yeah, yeah. Of like, like, yeah, we're all we're all agreeing. <laughs> we'd be done in about five minutes. Um, the I I uh, I did want to say just before I got into my promo because mine was the KO show segment with Fiend and KO and Alexa Bliss. I mean, I guess Fiend didn't really say much. It was just Alexa Bliss. Um, my I recently, you know, a year ago was that first SmackDown on Fox, which was, I've never, I was in Virginia for a wedding and I remember reading the results and fuck this company, fuck this company. (laughs) I want nothing to do with it. Oh, that was the Kofi match. Yeah, that was the one where he lost in a, like it literally was a gift of him losing. And I was just so like grossed out by the whole thing. And it was just like the worst in WWE that it's really amazing what a year can do. Um, I really liked the Fiend KO story. I liked the the Fiend Alexa KO story. I thought that it was a nice way of transferring. Uh, I thought that it moved that story along. You know, Ronell had had it was very funny. It was like last week when we were talking, he was like, you know, man, like I hope they're gonna do something to move this along. And I was like, actually, as a matter of fact, they're doing on SmackDown tonight a promo, and I thought that it was great. You know, advancing that story, I thought that it did nicely setting up the KO Fiend feud, which. I, and I think KO, I, I've never was never a huge fan of his in Ring of Honor, but the dude can talk. Um, and I, I thought that it was just a great segment. I thought I'm hoping that KO, you know, gets drafted over to SmackDown. Honestly, um, I don't know who you'll send over to Raw, but I think that that feud is one that should be fire. Absolutely, that's going to be a fun one. So let's move on to Wrestler on the Rise. Sam, why don't you go ahead and start us off with that? Uh, my Wrestler on the Rise is Ember Moon. And uh, I was, I am a big Ember Moon fan. And I always felt like she, she's had some bad luck. Uh, I feel like she would get lost. You know, she sort of got lost in the shuffle. And coming back to what was a shallow NXT women's division, I'll get to that foreshadowing again. But I thought that she, like, I was so excited to see her. I didn't think she was coming. Like, I, I've lost all track of time. So it might have been that she was out for a full year from that Achilles. But if she's able to come back at the same level that she was, like, I, I was so hyped. And I think that the fact that she has that opportunity to be a real focal point, like, that's a really exciting thing. And she was, if you watched NXT this week. You know, she was in the main event of NXT. So that's a pretty big deal. 
happy to see that Ember Moon is back uh, in NXT. Personally, um, I really thought that she was amazing. And uh, like you said, she just got lost in the sauce when uh, she got called up, which was a darn shame because I thought that she was poised to be a champion. But, you know, that that's why I am not working for any of these companies. But... Uh, totally soaked for Ember Moon, but my wrestler on the rise is actually Braun Strowman. Um, the fact that you get to, yeah, I know, I know. Uh, you a little faith, huh? You got to actually go to a draw, and you know, Sam, I'm surprised that you weren't, you know, a little more excited. You got one of your Haas matches, as a matter of fact, you got two of them this week. You got two of them this week, actually. <laughs> and, you know, the fact that Strowman pushed a, you know, a count out, uh, basically a no decision with uh, Keith Lee, who's definitely going to be on the, you know, one of the meteors in the for the future. Um, the fact that I, I just think that it's a good news for him and maybe, you know, they got this little mini feud. And even if he does lose to Keith Lee, the fact that he's in a more uh, focused storyline is definitely good for him. And we I think talked it's... about this on the podcast a few weeks ago when he first showed up on Raw Underground. And this is why sometimes we have to be a little bit patient because – I know that uh, I don't remember if it was Ron L or Sam or both of you guys, but you were worried that, you know, this was bad news for Braun. But I looked at it as that he didn't have anything to do on SmackDown. And by moving him over there, at least they were still making him a focal point. And I think this is brilliant. Hopefully he gets moved over to Raw because Braun's a big deal. He's now been a champion. And I really do hope this leads to him, if not winning the WWE championship at some time in, you know, 2021, at least continuing to be in the picture and really cement him as one of their top guys, because I think we all agree if they would have pulled the trigger, you know, a year ago when he was white hot, he would already be, you know, a basically a made man in WWE, but because they kind of botched and stopped and started his push so much, that's why it was actually surprising when he was champion, you know, kind of out of nowhere at WrestleMania. I, I think that actually, um, th if they want to do a Drew program, you know, if they want to go wire to wire with Drew and really s have Keith Lee win the title at Mania, if you want to have, uh, you know, from Survivor Series to uh, Royal Rumble, do Keith Lee, uh, Braun and, and uh, Drew, I don't think that's, I think that's a, that would be a great program for him. I completely agree. My wrestler on the rise is Mustafa Ali. Um, again, the the we are not talking <laughs> about the way that Retribution angle has been handled. The execution, even on Monday, I thought was not great. But I think we all can agree Mustafa Ali is a very talented dude, and it's just nice to know that he hasn't been forgotten. And I mean, this is a big deal for him. I hope, fingers crossed, they can kind of get this retribution angle moving more in a positive direction now that we kind of know the players. There's a name and an established person. Now it's the leader. 
I hope that they don't just completely forget the hacker angle because, you know, it was, it was rumored for so long that Mustafa was the hacker angle. And I think it would be cool to play into that and say, you know, I tried to take it down by myself from within that didn't work. So that's basically where retribution came from. Again, this is me booking, but either way, because Ali has basically had nothing to do for what a year and a half, two years, I'm very excited. And this is a big deal for him just to be in this position. And I just hope it's not that they throw him this position because the angle has not worked out well. And instead, you know, originally they had the Miz or another big name and they're like, no, nah, we don't want to put a more established guy on something that might be a sinking ship as the captain. And instead, you know, we'll, we'll put Ollie in, but I hope it's really something where they're getting ready to push him and give him a chance to shine because he deserves it. I, I thought it was funny that the head of Vince McMahon's version of Antifa used to be a cop. Well, you heard, what was my joke last night, Sam? And a Muslim, so. Yeah. It's like, it's like yikes, hey, yikes. And at, at least he's not just, at least we, we don't feel like he's going to be just there for the uh, the Saudi spot. Exactly. Yeah. That's fair. Or, or, or he's not going to be like Muhammad Hassan 2.0. Uh, which boy, that was a crazy angle. So let's go to wrestler on the slide. I'm going to go first. And uh, I'm sorry, it's Brody Lee and it's AEW being different. Um, and this is, and I'm not saying fairly or unfairly, but let me just lay out the facts real quick. Brody Lee was brought in, lost to, you know, Moxley. Nope, no harm in losing the champion. Didn't really understand why they built him up so bad and have him lose so quickly. Then to my, you know, pleasure, they built him right back up. Had him just squash Cody Rhodes. He's the champion. The storyline, the group, the dark order, all this has got all this momentum for Cody to come right back and defeat him. And I just, I don't really understand the logic of it. I, d- I don't. And on top of that, again, this is because of what AEW has said. I'm not saying I don't understand it. Other promotions haven't done it, but they said they were going to be different. They said they weren't going to be a bunch of ex-WWE guys. They said they were going to build people up. Now I want to remind you that your two world champions have been a 50-year-old Chris Jericho, who was a staple in WWE for forever, John Moxley is now getting close to a year-long reign, another WWE guy. And then your two TV champions were Cody Rhodes, who had a, you know, kind of lengthy reign, Brody Lee, who had a short reign, and then here comes Cody Rhodes again. I mean, if, if you reverse the names, and it was Triple H doing this, who it would be a very similar deal with where Cody Rhodes stands in AEW and what his position is, people would lose their freaking minds, and rightfully so. And uh, nah, I, I, I see. I think that it's. I, I think if it was the world title, it would be. I. I, I mean, I'm. Oh God, I can't believe I'm defending Triple H here. <laughs> I feel so dirty. Um, uh, no, I. I just the one thing I really do agree with is, you know, I've hammered the point 
one reason that the Cody Rhodes thing felt like everyone was like, yeah, there's no way Cody wins. So they were like, oh, we'll have Cody win because it'll be a surprise. And it, it, that's something that I've talked about is that just because something's, you know, you think it's predictable doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. You know, if you're doing the story from like the logical, like I feel like the logical thing was Cody loses. I don't, and, and I'm Keith, I didn't mean to, I didn't no, mean no, to no, you, you. no, 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 go ahead. But I think that if, you know, you're right. I think that the whole thing of building Brody Lee up and having him squash Cody and then Cody to come back, like it just, it felt like they liked, like, I feel like I missed the entire middle of that story. <laughs> like the first act. Somebody ripped end. out about 70 pages of your book. Yeah, yeah. It feels like the entire <laughs> second act of Cody coming back like, why did Cody... He showed up rematch? as the lead singer from Green Day and then wins the TV title a week later. And, and yeah, I mean, and, and in AEW, where wins and losses are supposed to matter, he gets an immediate rematch and in a dog collar match and wins. I mean, if they're, they're going to put the title back on him, you know, I, I just, I, I don't... It's something that I talk about with WWE more, but, like, you control this universe why did you book it this way? Like, if you didn't want to, you know, like, why have Brody Lee win like that? Why, you know, there are many ways that you could have done it. It just feels like ultimately a, it, it nullifies that Brody Lee win. Like, it, it, it completely trashes the Brody Lee win. One other thing, and then, Ron L., if you want to add to this, and then go ahead and get into your, you know, wrestler on the slide. The other thing I was just going to say is, again, I get a little frustrated with both AEW and their their biggest fans because we're all wrestling fans. I don't like these, you know, fans that pit, you know, AEW versus WWE, but AEW always is kind of on this high horse. And I'm talking about again the promotion and their their biggest or most radical, I guess you would say, fans. And it's like this is straight out of some shit that like you would go crazy in WWE. If an AEW fan saw this in WWE, they would lose their mind because again, it's Cody Rhodes, John Moxley, Chris Jericho, and Brody Lee have been your four champions. They're all ex WWE guys. And we were promised it was going to be new and exciting and it wasn't going to be the same old same old and I got to be honest it feels like the same old same old and they need right now to get it going because they were red hot and I still love AEW I thought the show was you know overall great ones I love the match you're gonna find out that was my match of the night I mean match of the week I love the match I just hate the execution like I don't understand the reasoning and logic behind it because if Raw wasn't a dumpster fire right now, which it is, <laughs> SmackDown is so good right now that AEW can't even say it's the best show week in and week out anymore, which they were able to say for a long time. I had to tell them SmackDown the last two weeks has been better than any AEW show in like the last two months and arguably any like show I've seen in wrestling in a couple of years because just from the beginning of the episode to the end, it's great. Like almost, almost everything on it is exciting and fresh and I'm going to be even more frustrated if this leads to next week, either Orange Cassidy winning the belt or Cody Rhodes cheating and turning heel to beat Orange Cassidy to retain the belt. Because again, 
it's kind of like what Sam's, you know, this isn't a straight line storyline. This is kind of all over the place. And then again, you're supposed to be new, fresh, new faces. And you got four WWE guys that have now basically passed around the two championships, you know, going on, you know, almost two years of the promotion being around. And let's make this a little bit worse, shall we? (laughs) One of your one, two, three tag team champions are also WWE guys. Yeah, the current champions are the Revival. Yes. Yes. And all the champions are current former WWE guys. Except for the women. All the men's champions. And, and they don't have any women, or they probably would have a WWE. <laughs> <laughs> and the, uh, what, what makes that there. worse is that Cody's time off was to do this show or whatever it is that they had did. So that makes it worse because all of us fans know exactly what that time off was for and it just it makes it run rotten um i would love orange cassidy with the tnt championship but now i i I, like you said i would not accept it if they put the strap on him next week it'll be so hard as much as i love him and i love his bit or and i would absolutely lose my mind if cody goes heel next week so i mean the and again not to book you know fantasy book but like why not have Cody do I mean I think they wanted to do something big but next week's the one the one year anniversary show I don't know why they didn't just have Cody wrestle Nobody was watching last night cuz of the debate and the ratings shown that and they should have like I mean they should have known that it was the lowest rated AEW and NXT show in a long time and it's because of the debate I mean that that makes sense uh Whichever one of you wants to go next. Oh, Who I, was I, I was supposed to. Um, we, uh, <laughs> well, we, got, we got on a rant quite, honest, right now. quite honestly, <laughs> and as we should. As we should. Um, I'm sorry. It just it, that doesn't work. Um, hey, I live at the West Coast, man. I got to watch both. <laughs> I, I am so heartbroken that my wrestler on the slide is my girl, Asuka. The fact that they used Asuka to sell a six-man tag for Mandy Rose to go over. Like, what in the hell? It was me. Yeah. Thank you, Sam. I know I can count on you. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I'm sorry. It's just criminal, and they don't they don't even have a legit um, challenger for her right now. It, it, you're, they're breaking my heart with with her. I mean, don't get me wrong. We're pushing on what's almost six months now that she's. Have we ever no, said actually, come back, no. Charlotte? More, you know, like a Charlotte Oscar feud is what we need more than anything. I mean, in my yeah. opinion, to you know solidify her and get her momentum back because she needs to get her win back too. Yeah. I, you know, I, honestly, I would say that they would hold off on that because you have, you just need to get, I mean, uh, Natalia, whatever. You can have anybody. You want to do Nia or Shayna Baszler, whatever you want to do with Hell in a Cell, because then you get to Survivor Series and then we're starting to get close to WrestleMania season. So I think the patience here um, in terms What's of bringing that? Charlotte back, what bringing Charlotte back. No, I'm saying patience. What is that? 
Like I would bring patience. Oh, I have patience. I'm bringing Charlotte back. It was a bad joke, apparently. Sam oh. saying, oh. "I don't even know what patience is," and most wrestling fans don't either. Way to <laughs> ruin it, Sam. <laughs> so I, I'm very literal. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy, go ahead. What, what's, what's your wrestler on the slide? Uh, my wrestler on the slide this week was uh, Apollo Cruz. Um, like who seems to. I mean, we're we're on that whiteboard where it's uh, Apollo Cruz taking uh, losing to Bobby Lashley, and I get why, but you know, I, there are rumors about Ricochet leaving the company. Like, have him lose? Like, why do you need Lash? Like, why do you need Cruz to do it? Like, it, it just felt he should have been the person to join the Hurt business. I, I stand by it. It's no disrespect to Cedric Alexander. His ceiling he so has much disappeared. Higher. He fits in more with what those guys are, which are big, menacing, athletic dudes. I just, you know, to me, I could even sort of see, and again, I'm not comparing them to The Rock, but I think him joining it, it's almost kind of like with the Nation of Domination where The Rock joins, which is this really young athletic dude joining these, you know, veterans and other star. I just, to me, he that should have been the decision and not Cedric Alexander. And Ronnell brings up an even better point. Where the hell is he? And, you know, and the, the worst part about the whole thing with Apollo Crews, uh, to add on to all of that, is that not over, only has he been now overlooked by Cedric Alexander, um, he's constantly taking the whoopings. Uh, he's now being overlooked by Ricochet, still taking his losses. And in the end, from what had happened, now being overlooked by Mustafa Ali, you're the, the bottom man on the totem pole. Whereas six weeks ago, you had the U.S. strap on your shoulder. And, and I think Apollo more has more upside, uh, to quote Jay Billis, um, the, and uh, in terms of like having MVP to speak for him, like his weakest area is, is his ability to talk. Like, I, I just don't like it's very clear Vince doesn't see him as a star for whatever reason, which is bonkers to me because he looks like you like he I, I don't honestly don't get why Lashley is the guy that Vince sees as the big star and Apollo not. But maybe Lashley's taller. I don't know. Um, but yeah, that it's just disappointing to me because I am a big I didn't watch him on the independence, but I'm just a big mark for uh, Apollo Crews. So the next category that we do is the face of the week. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail of who mine is because it's Jey Uso. It stems from the promo. Um, and, and then also picking up a huge win. Um, I mean, I, I don't know what was more shocking. The fact that he's done such a good job as a face, you know, single star, uh, with his promos, his expressions, or everything, or the fact that he went over AJ Styles. I mean, they are apparently committed to him. And I just, I'm now at the point, the only thing I'm concerned about is I hope this doesn't lead to him just basically being Reigns lackey because they've sort of created somebody bigger than that. To me, that was the thing that made sense was Jay and Jimmy would eventually begrudgingly because they're beat into the ground by the big dog, you know, the, the tribal chief Roman Reigns and they had to kind of, you know, become his henchmen. But I mean, goodness gracious. I mean, like I'm starting to think now that Jay could be a future world champion. Like that's how impressive he has been 
because I mean, more than anything, the sympathy that he garnered uh, in his wrestling style in the match against Reigns at the last pay per view was by the end of that match, and you you've heard me, you know, fawn over Roman Reigns for the last three weeks from his heel turn. Like I was actually rooting for Jay Uso. I'm like, come on, Jay, you you know you can do it, and it says a lot about him. Like kudos to him. He's my face of the week. Uh, Rana, who's yours? My face of the week, I just went with Cody Rhodes just for simply defying the odds, so to speak, and for his, you know, passionate speech to us uh, peons. The challenge was cool, too, right? Him, you know, saying that I'm going to go back. I've won this for the fans so I can defend it. I, I did really like that part. But, you know, I, I'm I, what you said about Jay Uso was 100% correct um, in that you start to feel that they're going to build him over these next couple of weeks. I'm, I'm wondering like who's the next opponent going to be, and it's going to be a, a bigger name, you know? So you don't beat AJ styles, Nelly Willie. Like, that, that was the point that it yeah. was like, Holy crap. They, they really, especially fresh out of the intercontinental title picture. Exactly. That they're going to do something with this. Sam. Uh, my face of the week is uh, R.C. Carlton's favorite wrestler of all time, <laughs> Displacing Ric Flair. Uh, no, he hates Finn Balor. Uh, was Finn Balor, who I thought uh, very the I what I'm hoping for Finn if they're not going to turn him heel is that they they're going with the Bret Hart style fighting champion gimmick. Um, you know, the to me, there's nothing more white meat fighting baby face than breaking your jaw in two places. Um. I and thought, not, you know, again, Drew McIntyre break your jaw. Yeah, like, like legit, probably shoot, drinking out of a straw right now. Yeah, like, shoot you know, when we start, you. when we start getting better at this, this will be where I like screenshot, uh, screen share the image of the broken jaw as we're talking about it. Or you could just yeah. play Kanye West through the wire. You know, either one. <laughs> um. Sorry, Sam. I didn't mean to sidetrack you, buddy. No, 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 no. Uh, the Kanye West turns me into the Incredible Hulk right now. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll get past the election. I'll be fine with him. Um, the but uh, yeah, my uh, yeah, I just thought that Finn, you know, fighting as the champion. I thought the whole, you know, I'm not always a big fan of the shaking hands uh, after the fact. I think that that can be. I think it's a little overdone. The like. I, I I didn't like that's one of the few things I didn't like about the Bailey uh uh Sasha Banks match was them hugging in the ring at the end. Um I I'm but I thought that it actually worked with the story that they told in the match. This display of uh, respect, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I thought that it it uh especially if you want to do, you know, always thinking this one, um if, if you want to do an undisputed or a heel turn where like they respect Finn uh, and we, you know, and Finn turns heel, but yeah, I, I thought that just, yeah. I mean, the, the breaking your jaw in two places, you giving the title match to all comers. I think it's just a great face move. All right, Sam, we'll stay with you. Who is your heel of the week? My heel of the week is, uh, uh, I mean, it's Roman Reigns and this is sort of where I praise him. Um, I thought that his, uh, and this is one thing, like, this is getting into also praising the WWE. I really liked that they did, you know, him saying these are the highest stakes of your career and doing the match with Hell in a Cell. Like, there's not – having the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view I don't like because, you like, the point of the Hell in a Cell is it's supposed to end feuds. 
So I like that they at least have a story and that they're building on levels and having stakes. Um, I, I just, Roman's doing the best work of his career. It almost makes me retroactively angry for having Roman uh, not be a heel earlier. Cause like, think about all like the great time with Roman that we missed with him as a heel. Mm. Ron, and, your, uh, or, no, go ahead, buddy. No, it, I can completely concur. It's just, it, it's hard to not say Roman Reigns um, since his return every single week. But uh, in the spirit of trying to uh, give us a little bit of variety, I'm going with Sam's favorite wrestler, <laughs> Randy Orton. <laughs> um, quite That's honestly, the hill of the week move by, uh, yeah, yeah. Ron Elbow, a little hill of the week move there. Uh, because, quite honestly, um, I thought there was no way that they can continue to like a, a third, like really Randy a third straight. But it's like the attack on on you know the legends, and you know he had a really decent promo, which uh, you know kind of was a runner-up for my promo of the week. Um, but he's just doing everything that you would expect someone trying to remain, you know, doing his job right now. I, I want to stay in the title picture. So I'm going to keep doing these horrible, hideous things and, you know, talk my crap all the way along the way. To the, to the people as I can. <laughs> and, and, you know, got the RKO he got the RKO pin on um, on Drew. I mean, hell, he's at the point where he's forcing Drew to be like, yo, it's on on site. Like, every time I come to work, I'm just looking for him, and I'm beating him up until we get there. Like, the, the, actually, and, and I'm going to praise Raw because usually we dump on it from a great height. Um, I thought that, again, where do you go from an ambulance match? Telling a sell. They've upped the stakes again, which we've, you know, it makes sense. I like it. Um, I like Are they that... both going to be Hell in a Cell matches? Is that official? I would assume so. I yes, would hope sir. so. Yes, sir. This one's a Hell in a Cell. Um, but I also liked that, you know, the, I, I usually hate the X has pinned the champion, but I don't mind it in a multi man match like that. It actually sort of justifies keeping him in the picture. Um, also at the rate we're going, this is going to have to become the, uh, the Roman Reigns Memorial heel of the week. (laughs) (laughs) True that. Well, I've got one other guy that I have for heel of the week and it's Sammy Zane. Um, pleasantly surprised that he won his match. I was worried that they were going to give him the win at the pay-per-view and then he was going to lose to Hardy. Uh, you know, on SmackDown the next week. And I like the way they let him win. We've seen a lot lately where heels, they're cheating to win, but it's not just flat out blatantly, you know, like Weasley or, uh, you know, because they set up that spot. And I love it when they do this where, you know, they expose the turnbuckle and then both guys had an opportunity to take advantage of it for, you know, five, 10 minutes. So, 
you and almost then forget you forgot about it. Exactly. It's as I say, then you almost forget about it by the time Chekhov's it, exposed turn back turn ex- Exactly. And um Sammy's doing great work. Uh his look is outrageous right now. I just cannot get over his look. But the other thing I love is it proves because he's doing such great work. It's the heel that you can have a face entrance song as the heel because it really does work. Sammy has one of the, the best entrance songs, in my opinion, of the current WWE stars, but it's definitely a face, you know, entrance song. It's something that the crowd it, it, hype, yeah. Be, yeah, getting into channel along with, yeah. but it, but it works for him. And I really hope they're going to build Sammy up because he had that little stretch when he first uh, was called up. I think he had that match with Cena in Canada. And then since then, he's kind of been an afterthought, honestly. It's been, you know, pretty disappointed because Sammy's style as a face reminds me a lot of Daniel Bryan right before he won both world titles. Like, it's just an exciting style. And I like to see even with him working as a heel, it's still a much more fast pace. And, you know, what I would consider almost more of a face style working you know matches and uh i'm just really excited for him to retain the title and he's my heel of the week and i hope they continue to book him um to the moon so and he did the classic heel thing at the beginning of the show take this sham title and throw it in the trash that was great uh, even though it's like it's the identical belt how do you know you didn't mix them up dude i guess the nameplate but, no they have the nameplates now okay. yeah so uh, so I just before we move on yeah. two things. Did did you watch him in uh NXT? Yes. He was such a good face. And I I like I wish that I could go back to 2015 in January of 2015 and be like uh Bailey uh Roman and Sami Zayn are the best heels on SmackDown and Donald Trump is president. We just watch like, <laughs> a little bit like of a wait, watch you, watch you yourself a assault yourself. There? Yeah, watch me be like, wait, that I, I know those you're gonna words, assault yourself. <laughs> yeah, it's the Yahoo Serious Festival from The Simpsons. Like, I know those words, but that sentence makes no sense. It uh, it is crazy times, man. 2020, dude. Um, so the match of the week, you know, I I I, I crapped on AEW, and I felt rightfully so about Cody winning. That doesn't mean I didn't love the match. It was my match of the week. It was something different. It was brutal. It was extreme. I love the spot where Brody Lee teased that he was going to hang and choke Cody Rhodes over the ropes. Uh, It it was just, this is the kind of stuff AEW does right. Uh, And I, I did. I thought it was a fantastic match. It was something different. Both competitors deserve a lot of credit uh, in Cody and Brody. And, uh, you know, if it wasn't for being so frustrated with the logic and the outcome, I mean, it seriously would be one of my favorite AEW matches this year. I just can't say that because I was so frustrated by the finish. And as you you know heard, I didn't start off with the match of the week. I started off with the wrestler on the slide because I wanted to get that off my chest. But it doesn't mean I didn't absolutely love the match. And, you know, overall, AEW was a good show again Wednesday. One other thing real quickly before I get to your guys' matches of the week. I almost did choose MJF for Hill of the Week mm. uh, this week. I thought that his interaction with Jericho was great. 
And I do want to give, because again, I cracked on AEW a good bit at the beginning, them a lot of credit that it appears they're going to go full steam ahead with something you rarely see, which is heel versus heel. And it is the right decision for Jericho MJF. Let them be the awesome heels that everybody loves and let them go face to face. And of course, MJF being the egotistical maniac that he is would come out and interrupt Jericho's celebration, you know, with, with 30 years. It was just perfect. I thought it was great. That was beautiful. And quite honestly, with the way Jericho has been working in AEW, it makes total sense for them to not only do this, but let MJF go over uh, in a big way. So that's going to be very well. Exciting. Recent uh, form tells us that if you're not from WWE, I got some bad news for you. <laughs> uh, and once we get better with uh once we get better once we get better yeah like once we get better with sound we'll have like the i'm afraid i have some bad news um the other thing that i want to say is that the the about the dog collar matches it reminds me of like that period where roman was uh getting just like pushed to the moon and you would have those great banger matches with him and then he would like, and you'd be like, "Oh, he's gonna lose! Great!" And then he'd win. And you'd be like, "God damn it!" AJ Styles at but, Fastlane, or I think well, it was I'm just AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan back-to-back years mm-hmm. at Fastlane. I know exactly yes, what you're that, talking about. Yep. Go ahead, Ron. I'm sorry. But yeah, I'm just gonna piggyback off. No, that's all right. I'm just gonna piggyback off you because mine was the exact same. This was, that was hard to get away from. Um, I love the fact that both guys got busted up. Like you know, when Cody got busted up, it was like, yeah, well, of course he's, he's the Rhodes, <laughs> supposed to be. But the fact that both dudes got busted up, um, I loved their use of the chain because it's like you you can't do too much of the fist. Or the beating, because quite honestly, that's that's you just a change. Like um, <laughs> um, and shout out to AEW for uh, bringing back one of our legends. You know, I, I would it would be amazing if he actually listened. But it was great to see Greg the Hammer Valentine, and quite honestly, he looks great for a dude who's put himself through what he has. So you know, shout out to AEW for uh, bringing back the Hammer and. Fantastic. Looper Chris Jericho. <laughs> you know, <laughs> sorry, I had to throw that in there. I was worried I was going to get the chance. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was just a really fantastic match. Just you know, I, I was just expecting a different, a different winner. That's all. Um, I'm. I went with uh, Swerve Scott and Santos Escobar. Um, I was honestly. I've not been a huge cruiserweight fan in NXT. And so that was probably one of the matches I was looking forward to the least. Um, more, uh, more uh, probably Velveteen Dream just because of that. But that was my match of the night from TakeOver. I thought that I was like, oh, word, are we going to actually, are we going to do this? Are they going to have, I was, you know, I thought they were going to build towards Kushida, uh, Escobar and I was like oh is Swerve gonna win oh Swerve's gonna win oh Swerve lost and it's that that kind of great storytelling and wrestling is that's why I watch and and I love the Cody match but I had to go with Swerve because I think I, I I lost internet so I really only got to watch the first two matches of TakeOver Live and then I, I was watching uh, again I watched it uh, Monday 
And then well, you Wednesday, predicted all five matches correctly, right? So it's almost like you booked it. <laughs> uh, no, no, I, I, uh, <laughs> uh, God bless. Uh, no, I, I actually got the women's title match wrong. I ended up. That's what um, we all did. You're right. Yeah, yeah. I, I you peer pressure. I should have. I sure did. I'm so <laughs> proud of He did. He was actually gonna take her, and I think we kind of peer pressure and taking Candice <laughs> right. And with the they they take it seriously, the point total. So he's like, well, for you know, reasoning. I don't want to be the one person to get this match wrong. So yeah. Mm. Uh, so the last uh, superlative we do is the storyline you need to pay attention to. For me, it's the Fiend and Alexa Bliss. Throw in KO with this. At first, I was a little upset that, you know, they were doing KO and the Fiend because it didn't really make sense. They're on different promotions. Uh, it looked like they were kind of getting away from Alexa Bliss. And then, wait a minute, you know, they have her on the KO show. She has been just fantastic. Like, so yeah. fantastic. I don't know if she's a heel or a face, because if I would have a little bit more clarity of what she's supposed to be, she probably would have been my heel or face of the week because her promo was just so good. I mean, she almost seems like she's been, you know, abducted or brainwashed. And, and it, it, it just, it was a little creepy, which it was just like, I mean, she has range. She really does. And I've always, yeah. And yeah. I thought, Alexa why was my... says, no, go ahead. What? This is why it was my promo of the week. Exactly. I thought that she she's so, and it, it manages to walk that line of like I think that the fiend is a heel or face at this point, I guess, and like, but at the same time, it's like ah, oh, doing quite know, heelish he, things. Yeah. So, but I thought that it was yeah, I, I loved it. Talking about his presence too, uh, which I thought was a really cool thing of you know when you're I think she her exact words or when you're you know, scared of something, but you can't look away mm-hmm. or can't get away. I mean, it just, it was fantastic. And also got to give KO credit. Like I thought it was cool that he went after the fiend. We haven't seen, I think other than John Cena, anybody actually like, you know, go after the fiend, like really truly go after him. Braun, you know, kind of had some interactions, but he said, I know what's coming and I'm coming to you. So that, that's the storyline I'm really looking forward to over the next couple of weeks. Uh, and the other thing, just real quickly, is obviously the draft. I'm very excited to see what is going to happen uh, Friday and Monday because I think it's a lot to do with the 2020 and, you know, the quarantine. And obviously they had – well, they didn't have to, but they made some cuts. That A lot of matches have felt really stale lately, and it's going to be really great to kind of reset the rosters Spice and get a bunch, yep, get a lot of new fresh matches. I'm very excited to see that and should see what they do. If I can just piggyback off of what you were saying about KO. I know you can do whatever the hell you want. It's it's our show. The the <laughs> the fact that um he instantly talked about like from Friday to Monday, he talked about how, yeah, I have ch- I do feel that there is a change, but you know what? F all that. Oh, this isn't going to be no show. I didn't invite him here to talk. Bro, where are you at? <laughs> I didn't even think about that. What do y'all think the KO change is going to be? Because truly, every, I mean, that's something that I got to give WWE Especially. Credit. They've changed Ooh. everybody. So where's what's gonna, what are they going to do with KO? And I don't know. And I don't <laughs> know because, the you know, you got to also think he was just talking about how – he likes his current self. He doesn't like doing uh, 
you know, underhanded things. He was like, you know, I've done some things that I'm not proud of, but that's not the kind of guy I want to be no more. And uh oh, you eat a mandible claw and you're in the presence of the fiend. <laughs> and are we gonna start, you know, jumping people again and all that kind of good stuff? I mean, I'll be all for it, but you know, you just had this great, you know, promo where you talked about you're not that guy anymore and we might just see that guy. I kind of want them to go like the opposite direction and have him be really nice. <laughs> like really, you know, like Kevin Owens in real life is like zoo is like a huge fan of zoos. So like, I'd really like them to incorporate that and be like zoo aficionado, Kevin Owens. Kind of a Jehovah's witness or something. Or just join him on the fun house. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, like zookeepers, like Kevin, the zookeeper. Like, yeah, I would absolutely be down for that. <laughs> my promo of the week. I mean, sorry, my um storyline to look for surprisingly is Mustafa Ali and retribution. Um, Yes, the execution was kind of terrible with with all that. Um, But like you were saying earlier in the show, Keith, they're finally going to put something on Mustafa Ali, and hopefully they're going to, within the next week or two, he'll start talking about his motive for uh, bringing retribution. So um, if they tie it in a neat little bow by bringing that hacker angle back would be really great considering how much we crap on their storytelling and you know that was a real long term like now that we know they have these you know really good wrestlers in the group i think we can all agree on that they need to focus on getting in the ring because i think that's going to help the storyline maybe as much as anything is just to get these guys wrestling because it'll get some positive you know, vibes and stuff, because, I mean, all Darn, those yeah, guys. The Survivor are Series is a, wa- is exactly. a ways away. Yeah, and I mean, they can get like an eight-man tag. But, I mean, still, think about, um, I mean, actually, that wouldn't be a terrible hell in a cell. I mean, think about, you know, going Ooh. back, that's why the sh- that's why the Shield got over. It's true. Like, like, the Shield, like, yeah, the Hounds of Justice thing was, co- like, they had a cool look. Admittedly, like it was the, months before we knew what the hell they were, though. They just were awesome in the ring and they'd show up and beat people up. Yeah, like they were, like they were just, yeah, they were really good. Um, yeah. Um, mine was, is actually the rejuvenated, all of a sudden, you know, I've been kind of bummed out about the NXT women's scene. And with Tony Storm and Ember Moon, like oh, that Storm just got a lot deeper. Like, at like, so who do you think the, the next champion should be? Oh, uh, yeah. All of a sudden, uh, we have all these. Because uh, I saw a poll on WWE, so I'm assuming this is where we're going. It was Rhea Ripley, Tony Storm, Ember Moon. Of those three, I mean, I'll tell you right now, I'm Tony Storm, but I understand it might be too much too soon. Uh, who do you think? I would be fine with any of them. I think that if you want to restart Rhea Ripley's push, um, I she's, think that a she's hall- earned a rematch, right? Like she she never got she her never got rematch it. for her mm-hmm. title, right? And so, like a Hoss fight though with her and Tony Storm would be cool. Um, <laughs> the yeah, like we've never really had. A, I mean, I I don't know. It's a stretch to call Tony Storm a Hoss. She's her so legs, powerful. her legs, oh so my powerful. god, holy yeah. Cow. But she's, I mean, I, yeah, she's, it, it, it's, it's weird to think of a women's hoss fight, but yeah, I would definitely be down to that. Um, but yeah, all of a sudden, like, 
there's a lot of really like ember like uh ember candace loray would slap um rip banger i think that ria io shirai would be a banger i think that shotzi uh ria would be a banger like all of a sudden the nxt women's division and i know it's just two people but it feels and now that just goes back to why did candice LeRae not win this is the reason that i feel and this is why i feel that eo could have lost here and it would have been okay because all of a sudden you throw these two women in and the nxt women's division is going to be something to watch right now if they don't get calls up because the triple h said on a uh, video call that they have i mean i guess you have to believe him they have not made the decision yet if nxt is going to be involved in the draft to where they're actually going to get some picks, potentially send some people up, other people go down, etc. I think they should. Is, I, you know, I'll be honest. I think that Ember is a great example because usually there's the feeling that like, like Finn and Breezango, the feeling of them going back to NXT was like a demotion. Like there's no other way to put it. It felt like yeah, it's, been a, it's really been the opposite, right? Right. But what I was going to say is, is that for somebody like Ember, like if you need somebody who was injured and, you know, again, that was a pretty serious injury. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, the only other person I can think of who's ruptured an Achilles in wrestling is Edge, and Edge was not really the same after that. He, he lost, like, still great. I mean, I, I I'm not gonna crap on Edge, but like, you know, so far, uh, Ember looks great. Um, uh, and I'm really excited to like getting that pop where she can be a big fish is exciting to me. I'm really, and I think that it does great things for the women's division in NXT. You're a hundred percent right about that. So we have actually reached the end of the show. Uh, Ron L, do you want to go first with your, uh, plugs? Uh, certainly. Um, as always, harvestcreditors.com. Uh, you can reach me at official Ron L. Tinsley on Instagram. Uh, I have a business page, Ron L. Tinsley on Facebook. Um, I'm in credit repair. You have any problem with your credit report? You need something removed? You need help getting that score up? Um, get in touch with me we'll, and mention the Team Turnbuckle podcast and save $100 on starting your credit restoration services, including the ability to write your living will, trust and power of attorney. Um, I'd also like to shout out my uh, cousin, um, Gerard Bonner and the boys at the faction. Uh, I just always love keeping up with those guys. It's just, uh, I try not to listen too much before we do our shows because my cousin and I have a lot of very similar views and I'm also very proud of of uh, his work uh, with the guys down at Southern Honor Wrestling. You should actually go check that out, Keith, because that's right in your backyard. So, uh, oh, send me the information. We'd love so, to. Yeah, Southern Honor Wrestling. Um, I'll I'll send you the page. I'll tell you, you need to message it to me, Ron. Absolutely. There's a lot of brain cells that have been wasted in, in my lifetime or lost, I should say. <laughs> uh, Sam, anything you want to plug? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna plug uh, my Twitter account. Uh, it's s h o u g h six ten. Uh, I also want to plug there are a couple books coming out on Tuesday that I'm excited about. One is wrestling related. One is not uh, wrestling related is from Bill Hanstock. He is sundown motel on Twitter. Uh, his potentially book... might come on the podcast too in the future. Right? Yes. Yes. He, we are in discussion with him about coming on. He well, is awesome. A, yeah. He's a great writer. 
Um, it's called We Promised You a Great Main Event. It's an unauthorized WWE history. Bill is a great dude and uh, a great writer, which in wrestling is unfortunately rare. Um, Brandon Strahd kind of showed us that. And, you got uh, me Dave really Belter. excited about this book, actually. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, also, on a more political front, uh, RC's tearing out his, you know, tearing at his scalp right now. Uh, Talia Lavin, uh, who is a uh, left-wing uh, anti-fascist writer, wrote a book called Cultural Warlords about the rise of the fascist right. And Talia is a great writer and a great person. And I am really excited about both of these books, which will be coming in on Tuesday. So check them out uh, wherever books are sold. And also always make sure to join the IBM sports page and team turnbuckle also become a supporter, become a all-star member. It's $5 and it pays for itself. Patreon, not a Patron. I learned that. <laughs> you know, I, I've, I've heard it and I, I never felt the need to correct you because I'm, I'm, I'm country as hell. Uh, yeah, and, and that's me. why I let it go. So it was like, you know, whatever. I, I understood what you were saying. So I just want to plug my Twitter page. It's Keith Fleming spelled out. That's K-E-I-T-H-F-L-E-M-M-I-N-G. The Team Turnbuckle, which again is just Team Turnbuckle. That's T-E-A-M-T-U-R-N-B-U-C-K-L-E. And then obviously the 14,000 podcasts that I'm on, we have the Backdoor Cover, which I'm getting ready to record an episode where we preview the week of NFL, all the matchups with the spread. We're going to actually start that here in about 20 minutes. Uh, myself and Joe Matz do the weekly daily fantasy podcast. That drops every Wednesday night. We just put out that podcast. It's on iTunes, uh, Spotify, and Anchor. Uh, previewing week five, we were coming off a week where, like, seriously, it was kind of sick how good our picks were. Joe Matz guaranteed that OBJ would have had a big game. He had three touchdowns. I gave you a backup running back and guaranteed he'd get a touchdown, and he did in Chase Edmonds. Uh, so we are doing very well on that podcast. You check it out. And, uh, again, the Team Turnbuckle Facebook group, we're really trying to grow that. So please uh, join that. Uh, and then, you know, just vote people. We're getting close to the election. I'm not going to tell you which way to vote. Uh, I have strong feelings about that, but just please vote. Like the, the last thing that you can do in a democracy is get to the point where you feel like your vote doesn't matter or doesn't count. So whether it be through the mail, in person, early, vote. Uh, and then finally, just really enjoy doing this podcast uh, with you guys. So is there anything else you guys want to say before we get out of here? No. Yes. I- Yes, no, please go. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I was going to say, um, next week, Keith and I, hopefully next week, um, I'm doing the old secret thing where I put it out into the universe and hope the universe will oh, give no, us Oh, no, we're doing it. The boys, okay, it's happening. Yeah, Keith and I are going to recap the second season of The Boys. Um, it might be a so, four-hour podcast, so we'll see. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's going to be uh, it's gonna be fun times. So uh, check that out. Uh, check out The Boys. Second season's been really good. Uh, I think it's really one of the good. best comic adaptations ever and i actually think it's better than uh the source material which i will get into on the show and ron l if you don't have an I, amazon uh password and stuff or account you just send I, a message I and do, i'll let you know I, bad boy I, I do actually and uh you know you guys have i think the first time you guys talked 
told me about this was like a month ago that I should be getting onto this. But I, I just want to echo that I also very much enjoy doing this with you guys. Um, love being part of the IBN network. Uh, definitely subscribe uh, to the podcast. Uh, join the groups. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, and we love you guys. And thank you again to all the people in the group for your interactions on a daily basis. And uh, for Keith, Sam, and Ron L., this has been another edition of the Team Turnbuckle podcast. And we will be back next week, breaking down the week of wrestling and giving the superlatives for the four shows. See you guys.